guys and welcome to the Movie Podders Dunkirk Review with myself Ryan and my good friend Brian. How are you today? Hey, I'm very good, thanks. How's yourself? Yes, not too bad, not too bad at all. What have you been up to? Um, well, today I was working and then myself, Amelia, my brother and my sister-in-law, we went for some food, for some half-priced chicken. Nice. What about yourself? Um, not, a, not a lot, just a wee bit of the gym, um, eating healthy. This may come as a shock to a lot of people, including yourself, Brian. Yeah, but yeah. I had my first ever strawberry today. So, wow. Yeah. How did it? How did that work out for you? It was actually not as um, horrible as I thought it was going to be. So, uh, yeah, it went quite well. I will try one other one, I think, and then we'll make <laughs> just, a, just an one more. From, aye, one more, and then we'll make an assessment from that point on. I think if you have something once a day for thirty days, you'll be able to eat it. I think they say that. Like if you try something like a wee bit of something each day for 30 days then you can then you'll have no problem eating it from then on well I'm <laughs> a bit fussier than the normal person I think so just a not, tad just I'm not sure tad. how that'll go <laughs> um, but anyway we're, we're here today to talk about the um, recent release of Dunkirk which we both saw we spoke about it a wee bit on the um, last pod podcast that we did um, just that we'd seen it and our kind of brief thoughts on it so um, we both loved it that much, so we thought we would do uh, an actual spoiler review of it. So, um, as we mentioned with our Apes one, this is a spoilers review. If you've not saw it and you're interested in being surprised in the film or not really knowing much, then stop listening now. Go away and watch it, come back, listen to us, you know, all the rest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, just overall thoughts initially. What do you? What was your thoughts of the film, Brian? Um, well, I've seen it twice now, I and mean, when I first saw it, I, r- I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was great, and um, and it, it wasn't until I went to see it again on Tuesday night. Me and my brother went on Tuesday night again to see it, and it wasn't until I saw it the second time I kind of realised how how great a movie this was, and like just Nolan and his incredible filmmaking. I think it's because when you when you watch the film the first time, it's unveiled of how like we, we spoke about the very first podcast. Uh, we talked about the Dunkirk reviews and we kind of had a small discussion about how's Christopher Nolan going to Nolan this film in terms of like he always likes twists or sort of supernatural and he does things a little bit different and in this film he does it with a time frame and so when I first watched the film it was all new to me like I was like you, it was sort of like a new experience but when I was watching it back the second time because I knew what he was going to do with the time I, I don't know I just sort of watched it a wee bit differently and I was sort of like it was I could see things the second time around that I never noticed so much the first time and just enjoyed it so much more. I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great film and just like such good filmmaking. I don't know, when we come to negatives today, I don't know what my negatives will be. (laughs) I'm going to have to really, I'm really struggling to think about what what I don't like about this film. Yeah. Um, I think generally I would say the the same myself as well. I think... um, as you said, when we spoke about it in our, our first uh, first podcast, uh, I, I was like, even when the film was going on, I was trying to think, what's he going to do here that's different? Um, or what's he going to do that is going to be like of a Nolan style? And I, I didn't catch on like initially with when it was like telling you the fact, like it told you like at the start that pretty much they were on different times, but it didn't, I didn't like, I didn't compute in my head like that's yeah. what was happening. So... It wasn't till like a good wee bit in, and I realised. I think it was when it changed at one point from night to day, and then back to um, 
Yeah. Night again, I was like, oh wait, this is actually these are all like people living different timelines. So uh, yeah, that that was one of the things I think it stood out. I've I've only seen it once. I'm looking forward to going back to seeing it a second time at some point. So I'm hoping that I'll have the the same kind of reaction as yourself with it. No, I think definitely, and it just like especially obviously there's a, a large part of the the sort of towards maybe the end of the second act and into the third where like they, they a group of lads going to a, climb into a boat, especially those those scenes and you see that boat a lot of times actually mm-hmm. in the film because I remember when we spoke about it the other day the first time I noticed the time jumping about was when you see Killian Murphy's character like stopping two of the other actors in the film getting in a boat yeah. But when I watched it the second time, actually, the first time I noticed it then was um, when three Spitf- uh, Spitfires fly over the top of the, civil- the, the the main civilian boat. Because one of them had already been shot down by then. Do you know the bit when it flies over and he's like, uh, uh, Spitz- Spitfires, the, yeah. the greatest plane ever made? Yeah. Like, I noticed there was three that time. And it, it never clicked with me the first time that it was... It was... Uh, you were... They were beginning to jump around by the time yeah and i think it was like quite subtle and that's that's maybe one of the only things i like that i would take as a negative for it which obviously we'll talk more in the end but um like that kind of caught me out initially and kind of once when it took me a bit of time for like my head to kind of get around that that right, they're all living different timelines, and then you do spot things like happening during the film, like your the, the boat that you're talking about that the uh, young boys all get onto. Uh, like you, as you say, you see that a few times, and you see it like I think one point it's sinking early on, so you know like this is a kind of doomed venture that they're going on in, yeah. in the way of getting yeah. into that boat. So the the way that the timeline was used was it was really different and it was like really important to the film because otherwise it could have just been like a kind of quite a heavy film but it mixed it up a wee bit and put like a different spin on it and and it built up like a lot of tension within it and yeah you you knew that these guys were going into a boat that was eventually going to sink and potentially some of them were going to die so um yeah i really liked the way that they he played about with the time in it yeah and especially like we we spoke about this just before we we started recording the, the podcast. There, how we watched this, the uh, couple of interviews from that like, Film Four did with Christopher Nolan, and then there's another one where he does they do it with Christopher Nolan and the full cast. I would recommend anyone, everyone who has seen the film and enjoyed it, or if not seen the film, to go watch those. I think they're really good, especially when Nolan talks about the time mm. that third act where they they're jumping between time so quickly. Like between in the air, um, the civilian boat, the boat that the boys are in, and even to the warship at that point, it's jumping between those scenes, and it, and it's at, at different times as well, but you do, you never feel lost. Mm-hmm. In the music, obviously, which we'll talk about at some point, is is building as well, and it it's I don't want to say exciting because it, it kind of is exciting, but but you're you're genuinely like fearing the worst for the the people involved and the tension is is unreal at that point and I mean it's tense all the way through but the way he builds it up and the suspense f- like for this story is I think it's incredible and I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah yeah I think like the suspension that's like built up in it is probably more to something you would expect from like say a thriller or something not yeah. from like a yeah, horror yeah. movie um, so yeah I, I think that the way that he 
he's used time to that that effect is like just brilliant and um, just adds like another layer to um, a, a movie that was already like building up to be something great and talking about like something that's important and not really spoken about like that much in in terms of like what happens and like, what happened in World War Two. So yeah, um, yeah, it just put like a a different layer and it, it's like he's always kind of trying to challenge his audience to to like broaden their their mind yeah. in the way of what they're, they're watching so uh yeah yeah i think well, yeah that's a good point you make cause, and i think mark rylance made that point in one of those little things like how christopher nolan's wants his audience to meet him halfway yeah like he won't just give them everything on a plate like like this is your story this is how it is he sort of wants us to to join in with that experience and be heavily involved and um I think in this film especially he does it really well. I don't it could be my favourite Nolan film. Um mm, I don't know. But but this saying that my Nolan favourite my favourite Nolan film changes weekly. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I think that's that's like kind of thing I was gonna say is like there's a bit I don't know, like three or four up there that are like right up there as some of my favourite films ever. Yeah, I mean if I watched Memento tomorrow night, I'd yeah. be like, No, that's my favourite or if I watched Inception. Or the Dark Knight, I'd be like, no, they're my favourite. So it's probably because it is fresh, but I think with this one, though, it's maybe the most sound in terms of. Because one thing Nolan has in some of his films is just the, sometimes there's some plot holes mm-hmm. in his films, and I don't know if this really has any. I don't know if that's because he's going with history. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, incredible. Uh, it's a great, such a good film. Yeah, yeah, recommend it again. If obviously, if you're listening this far in, I would have hoped you've seen the the film. So, um, probably the advice for you to go and get a second view, in which I will be doing myself. Um, some of the other points um, we were kind of talking about and discussing was uh, the the actors involved and the, the performances yeah. that they gave. Um. I think it, generally speaking, like everybody was pretty solid, and there wasn't really a bad performance in it. Um, yeah, I mean, no, the only ones I can see there's a couple of young boys in the boat with them. Something like they they maybe had like two or three lines. I was just a bit like, mm, not mm. the best, but not enough to to be disappointed or taken out of the movie sort of thing. And what about your your heartthrob? How did he do for you, Harry Styles? Yes, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I yeah, thought. I th- I think like you, he's not. Um, you're not going to be writing home about him, but you're not going to be complaining about him either. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did his job. I think that's maybe the best compliment. Other than the first time I saw him on screen, because you you you're almost kind of waiting to see him on screen, aren't you? Just because, even if you've no interest in him at all, just because there was a lot of controversy with his with his casting. You you're like oh that's Harry Styles, but actually like when you're watching his performance, you don't think oh there's Harry Styles in a movie. You just sort of accept the character that he is in the movie. At least I did anyway. So I think that's kind of like what you want from anyone in a film. Um, I think if anyone's got a problem with him in the film, it's because they have a problem with him mm-hmm. outside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's because yeah. they don't like One Direction or they don't like him personally that's the only reason I can see someone having a problem with him in the film because I thought he was fine yeah I think for me it did initially throw me off or not throw me off but like I was like oh there's Harry Styles but then as you say 
quite quickly I kind of got settled into the character that he was and it didn't really I, I didn't it didn't cause much of a problem for me. Um, I, I did feel like I maybe was watching him like more to just to see how he was doing, maybe compared to yeah, um, like the kind of lead yeah. boy in it. But, um, but it was you, right. I think what settled me right away is because after he gets sort of saved by Tommy, like he pulls him, he's going to get crushed by the boat, and Tommy sort of grabs him and pulls him in. They get into another boat, and then the, he starts eating. <laughs> which yeah. do you know the reason I like that is like. I hate movies and TV shows where they have food in front of them and no one eats it. Yeah. Like, and they pick the burger up like six times but never take a bite. Or they just play a... I don't know why that really frustrates the life out of me. But obviously in this film, they're eating and they're talking with their mouths full as well. Yeah. And I know that's just a little thing, but I just think it adds to the... Like, how... Like, it makes it more real. Like, just... Because that's what they would have been doing. Like, they would have been so happy to get food... And to get hot drinks and blankets and and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And I think like that. Just touching on that, like what you've said about like the eating, I think that kind of goes. Uh, I feel like Nolan was like trying to put across like a obviously a great sense of realness. And I know like a lot of like war films will do that, but I feel that the way that he used like silence so much. Yeah. Like, yeah I don't yeah. think anybody speaks for the first. 15, 20 minutes in the film. It's just it's a couple of like, like, like. Um, I can't. Tommy tries to join a line, and one of the boys says, "This yeah. is for." It's very. It's like one liners. It's not. There's no conversations. Aye, and I think that's like one of the things I mentioned in that interview is that there wouldn't have been a lot of chat. Like he would have been just wanting home and not really up for having a, a laugh with anybody or yeah. or anything like that. You would have just been in your own thoughts, just thinking either when am I getting home or when am I going to get killed so yeah. I think that all those like simple things he does like just having them eaten or whatever really gets across that they are just like more sense of that they are normal people and they're not yeah. actors trying to be these people so definitely yeah um, just because obviously like we've talked about Harry Styles here and the, the, the lad that plays Tommy mm-hmm. who there's not we we spoke about we kind of hoped it was going to be like Band of Brothers in terms of like there's no main there's no main like character or like um, in the film if anyone was the main part in the film it would have been him mm-hmm. um, just because it starts with him and it ends with him yeah um, did you, I've never seen him in anything before did you enjoy him? yeah I thought he was really good um he played the part of a kind of fairly dour looking boy quite well and like that's that's pretty much what the role was to be. He was like obviously somebody who is up against like a kind of monumental task of trying to survive this war. So uh, yeah, I thought he'd done alright. Um, I think that, that that's like kind of maybe one of the slight problems I've got but it's, it's a kind of catch-22 is that you didn't really get a chance to see him act that much, like obviously, or acting like the kind of normal sense, because um, he he didn't have much to do a lot of the time. It was just sitting quietly or not saying it, not doing it, and really it it would just be yeah. And for someone who about. and he he's in it more than Harry Styles and probably speaks less than him as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, no one speaks that much at all in it. Um, I I I quite liked his character. I kind of liked that he was, um. 
he had he was quite like convinced of what his morals were. Like there's a bit in it when they're in the boat and the boat's sinking and they find out there's a French soldier in the boat and they're like, Well, he's got to get out first, like pointing a, they're literally pointing a gun at the guy to get him out. But he's just like, No, we can't, it's wrong. He's just this guy's just trying to get away from mm-hmm. this horrible situation, just like the rest of us are. Um so I quite like that about his character that as much as he wanted to go home because one of the sort of themes in the film was like the, these young boys and, and young men were, were desperate to get home that I can like at times a selfishness comes over them where and you see that with like Tommy's knowledge to join that queue at the start because he's not one of them even though he's part of the British Army and so they he wasn't a part of their division and like even with like when they when they they carry a guy on a stretcher onto the first boat, mm-hmm. and then they sit down thinking they're on the boat, and then they get told to get off. And and, and so there's this sort of like no this like desperate to go home that that they they become a little bit selfish to do so. We I mean, know you obviously you see with Harry Styles' character, and at that point in the boat, and he sort of steps in. Yeah, and then they essentially like disobey orders by. Trying to like hide under the yeah yeah to to uh, get jetty, uh, and then obviously try and sneak aboard. So yeah, that just kind of shows you how desperate they are. And then when the other boat gets sunk and they go and dip themselves in water, so it looks like yeah. they've just come off of that. Yeah, no, it's good. And talking about the boats there as well, like nice wee point to move on to like the practical effects mm-hmm. in the film, like. Um, Nolan was talking about how they used a French boat, which I think was about eighty feet longer than the British boats. But he sort of wanted it; he felt it would be more realistic to have a, as close as possible real boat, as opposed to like a, a really accurate CGI. Yeah. Because obviously, like, I mean, you watch the film, like when the boats are tipping on their side, like guys are there's like real people are falling into the water. It's not just a bunch of computer like generated images mm-hmm. falling in, which I think adds a real what's the word here like authenticity Aye. to the to it that it it just makes it more believable and you sort of you like what we're talking about like it brings you into the film a lot more because of that. Yeah, I think um, I think that when you it's like with any film like the, the more authentic it is like the more the the more that you get involved in the film, it's like just be any film at, at all. I find that that as soon as they start going too heavy in CGI, then it's it, you just kind of detach yourself from it because you just know it's not real. Whereas with this, yeah. it does draw you in. Um, and I bet you, like those things, like that he was saying in an interview that the boat was longer and it was a French boat, but they were happy to go away because it was close as they were going to get and. Mm-hmm. The planes as well. The fact that the planes had yellow um, noses yeah. that wouldn't have happened until after Dunkirk. Like, yeah, I, I bet you like those type of things really annoyed him that he couldn't get it like perfect, but yeah, he still wanted to try and get it as close as he, he could to the the genuine thing, and that's obviously what they got with it. And I don't know if, if you saw the bit with I don't I don't actually know what this guy's accent is, but you know the red haired pilot, the Scottish um, boy. Yeah, like was he Scottish? Because his yeah, accent was all over the place. He's, he's Scottish. My uh, brother thought it was Ewan McGregor at first. Oh really? 
Aye, he's like, is that you, McGregor? Like when we were in the cinema, I was like, no, it's no. Mm-hmm. And he said it wasn't until he took his helmet off that he realised it wasn't. I was like, well, did you not believe me? <laughs> and I said, no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, there was a bit he was talking about how involved uh, Chris Nolan is and how that yeah. when when they were in the I can't remember what they call it, but when they're in the the, the thing that like the fake plane like shooting at their scenes. Yeah. Imagine that would have been like the only bits of CGI that we're doing, but it was Nolan who was the one who was like doing all the, the turning of it um, to make it look like they were in a plane. So it just shows you like how involved he is with these yeah. movies. Um, yeah, and he also mentioned as well when the, when they're on the when they're all on the boats and stuff like that, he's on the boats with them. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not sitting on the beach somewhere like or in a like do you know what I mean, in a, somewhere else like three hundred feet away. Yeah, he's like right. He's as close to them as possible, and they was, he's the only one with a monitor as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, just because you mentioned the Scottish boy there, uh, the the obviously I, I know you wrote about this in in your blog about how like the only action we get in the film is the dog fights mm-hmm. and the, the CGI. Obviously, that's probably the. I'd imagine they're, they're the only real CGI bits in the film. Um, but I wonder how much of it, because obviously there was Spitfires in the film, like real Spitfires used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you did you enjoy the pilot stuff? As yeah, I thought it was good. Um, again, as I said before, like it's not it wasn't like what you would see in Top Gun or whatever. Um, but it did have like again I'm. I'm more sense of like authenticity to it that it was just these wee tiny markers that they had that they were using to aim with and that was all it was and it didn't take much for a plane to go down it would just be a few hits and more than likely that'd be their their engine burst and down they would go and yeah so yeah I I really liked the the dog fights Uh, I particularly liked the bit where Tom Hardy is like weighing up whether or not to go back, like he's obviously running out of fuel and he's weighing up yeah. whether or not to go back and take out the bomber, and you know, he's probably going to sacrifice himself if he goes back, yeah. but he saves a lot more guys by by doing it. So, yeah, I really liked it. You? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Mention that scene because I actually never clocked onto that when I watched it the first time, and then when I was back watching it the second time, it, it, you you do realise that, like, he's made the decision to die. Mm-hmm. At that point, like he knows that this is it for him. Um, and what I kind of like about that is, just, it's like obviously I I don't know if there's any truth to these characters in the film, but people would have done that in the war. Yeah, people would have made those decisions that, like, I'm 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 willing to sacrifice my life so that the rest of these guys can live. Um, in terms of the dogfights in general. It, it, I really, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't like your pilots in Independence Day, or, or, or. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm or, back. Up <laughs> 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 oh, yours. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, well, this they, they have like in most films with pilots, they're, they're like really arrogant, and they're really like anytime they shoot someone out the sky, it's all like hooting and hollering and, and all the rest of it. And I just love the professional aspect of of it with with these guys, like the 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 language they were using to communicate to each other as well, and and just like the bit where obviously with Tom Hardy, his plane gets shot quite near the start, and it it takes out his little gauge, his fuel gauge, 
Mm-hmm. And so he asks his, his mate, like, how much fuel you got left? And he, like, he writes down 50 gallons and the time that he get told that as well, so that he's working it out the whole time. And, and when they shot a plane down, it, there was no sort of celebrating it. That was their job. Yeah. And and they were really, like, I don't know, like, professional's the best sort of thing I could think of. And I just enjoyed that sort of aspect of it. Because, like I say, most times you, you see pilots, it, it is that sort of, like, they're like, I don't know, the, the jocks of the army, if you will. Like, so, yeah, really good. And, like, go, going back to Tom Hardy as well, um, you only see his eyes in this in this film. Um, it, well, you see his face at the start and you see his face at the end, but the, the rest of the movie it's just his eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, as Amelia kind of joked about that, but he does such a good job just with that. That's yeah. all you've got. And Nolan sort of was saying like how he wanted to see if he could shoot a film with Tom Hardy. Like, well, he was sort of saying like Tom Hardy was the only one he really wanted to be in the movie. Like, he's sort of saying how he doesn't really, like, write stuff with people in mind because it does a disservice to the to the actors and the characters. But he, when, he, when he'd written this, he thought, like, Tom Hardy would be great because he has... because he can convey so much with, like, with his eyes. And I think that's maybe true in this film. Like, you can see the concern, you can see the doubt, and you can see the, the bit where he, he does give up his life for everyone. Like, you, you can see the... F- you, you feel like you can see the thought process that he's going through yeah. uh, in each scene that he's in. Yeah, definitely. Like I think that that scene that you're talking about, or that we're talking about, we um deciding whether or not to go back. Like, that's one where the, I definitely got it. You could see the dilemma, and you could see the worry in his, his eyes. That yeah, yeah. Either he goes home, tries to refuel, and comes back out, but that boat is going to be gone, and all those people are probably going to be dead. So it's either do that or sacrifice himself and you can see and it, again it goes back to like Nolan using time well like I, I think it cuts between him like yeah. thinking about it a couple of times and you do like think to yourself is he going to do it or is he not and yeah it, it, he, he does really put it across like well with just using his eyes as simple as that sounds yeah um, probably the, one of the things we've not spoke about just quite yet is um, the the sea, obviously, well, the mole as well. The movie sort of sets itself up as three places. The, the mole, which is like where the, they're on the beach and they're, they're getting ready to board boats if they're lucky enough to get on a boat. The sea, which is Mark Rylands, where his character's sort of based, was he's like the main civilian boat that you see in the film going out to rescue, and then the air, which is, is Tom Hardy and, and the Scottish boy who, I don't know what his name is, Um there's someone else, but he he's out of the picture pretty fast. I don't know even know if you see him in the cockpit, do you? I think I think once on, I, I think remember, I think yeah. you maybe see him once. Um, but the going to the sea with the the, the civilian the civilians and obviously Mark Rylands, Mister Dawson, isn't it? Yeah, and he's his boy, and then this this kid George who who joins them. Um, I think Mark Rylands may have been my favourite character. In the film, mm-hmm. um, he, he's sort of driven by this sort of set. Like at first, you think it's just this sense of um, like civic duty mm-hmm. to his country, and, and and that is part of it. I think that's a big part of of why he wants to go to Dunkirk and help. But obviously, you find out later that his son was a pilot. Yeah, 
and died three weeks into the war. And so it kind of takes on this feeling of like he doesn't want anyone else's son yeah. to die in the war. And so you sort of get this real feeling of like he really wants to help and like it's it's not about him, it's about like it is about the country and it's about these young men who are stranded on this beach and I, I like that about his character that he's 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 self sacrificing to give up just to help these these boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he seems like a like honourable man and yeah, he, 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 as you say, like it feels like it's something that he, he feels like he needs to do because he he leaves like early on as well, didn't he? Like without yeah, he, before like because he said they'd be back in an hour. Um, he says they'll be ready. The navy will be ready in an hour, and he's like, I'm I'm hoping to leave before then. Yeah, and he does. Like he goes before them all. Yeah, I liked the the, the wee trio that they had going on there. I thought all of them like done quite good jobs. And um, yeah, Mark Rylands. I've not saw him in too much to be honest with you. Like, I think the only thing I've ever really seen him in that I can remember is the BFG, Miss Bridge of Spies, and all those kind of things. So um, I, I don't really have much to go on from before. But I know he's somebody that Spielberg's always chasing and asked him to be in so many films, but he's yeah. not back so many. He's in Spielberg's uh, next film as well, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's in uh, Ready Player One. Was oh, he? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I liked I liked the wee trio. I, I thought the the boy that played George was quite good as well, and um, the boy that played Mister Dawson's son, uh, I thought he was quite good also. So I, I quite liked the, the wee trio that they had going on, um, and then obviously when they encounter Kelly Murphy, yeah, um, and it changes the the, the dynamic a, a wee bit there. Good, yeah, and the Killian Murphy thing is quite a good thing because obviously he comes onto the boat and he, he's he's shell shocked. He's mm-hmm. he's completely. I mean, he's screaming at Mister Dawson to turn the boat around. He's like, "I'm not going back." Like, he's desperate for him not to go back because obviously this guy's been blown out. He's blown out his boat, mm-hmm. which is which you kind of wonder what happens to him because he at one point is responsible. Like you don't know this until later on the fo- the film. He's responsible for not letting um, Tommy and Alex into their little boat. Mm-hmm. And Alex shouts, "Oh, just wait till you've been hit by a torpedo," because mm-hmm. he's just been hit by one and had to jump out a boat because of it. And you can like, I wonder if that happened to him. Yeah, you don't, you don't know what happened to him. He's just sitting on the, the the tail of a boat, sort of stranded in the middle of the sea. Um, but yeah, I forgot I was going to say there. But just how like the he's sort of um, just the way he's sort of desperate to get to get home. Um, you see it with the the rest of the boys and how George at one point asked Mister Dawson if he's a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously explains his shell shock. But then, like that's what Alex worries about as well, isn't it? He worries that when he goes back to the UK, that everyone will think he is. Yeah. And they'll be ashamed of him. Um, which is quite a sad thought that these boys gave up their. willing to give up their lives. And this guy's worrying about, like, being ashamed, like, people being ashamed of him. And obviously, that's not the outcome that happens. People are. Like, people are there greeting him at the train station and, and stuff. Do you know what? Like strangers are, are delighted to have all these young men back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was like a significant force that came back as well. Like if if the 
if those boats hadn't turned up and brought them back, like it would have been a fair amount of like soldiers gone and would have significantly hurt like Britain's kind of forces. So you can understand like why he's why he's been thinking that and why he's had those yeah. feelings. But yeah, as you say, I think people were just generally happy to have have them back and knew that it was probably like a lot of boys out there. So. Um, yeah, I think that they were generally just happy to have them um, back on obviously British soil. Yeah, and, and what's crazy is like kind of near the start of the film, like it's Kenneth Branagh, his character talks about like Churchill had been in contact and like they they want thirty five thousand forty five that forty five thousand. That's how much they were like like hoping to save. Yeah, There's, there was four hundred thousand men. On the beach, including Dutch and French soldiers as well, and then you, you sort of find out at near the end he says, hey, "We've saved almost three hundred thousand," and then, and then he has characters decide he's staying to help the French, but then you you find out once his credits start rolling that actually three hundred and thirty thousand men were saved, like were were, were rescued. And mm-hmm. it, which is just crazy when you consider, and that that's down to all these civilian boats. I, I love that part of the film when all the civilian boats yeah. show up. I think a lot of it, like I, I, I was wondering, I wonder if any of those boats were there, like because they're, they're all a lot of them look quite old, mm-hmm. and and I think like because they probably use real fishermen and stuff. Like I, I reckon a lot of the people on those boats weren't actors. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I just, again, the authenticity of it, I just, I don't know, I felt that a bit more because I just had that feeling like, these guys are, these guys look like they belong on a boat. They don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's just a bunch of actors thrown in there. Yeah. I, I think that seems, seems really good, although you you know, like when Kenneth Branagh's looking through the the uh, binoculars, you, like, the, like the what he says, like, what do you see? Like, when he says hope, like, yeah, uh, yeah. like you knew that word was coming. Yeah. Sort of straight away. Yeah, it's like the wee bit as well when he says it's, you can almost see it from here. And yeah. The guy's going, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, like the, the boat scene that you're talking about when like obviously all the, the fishermen are appearing or all the civilian boats are appearing. Uh, that like I, I don't get like too emotional in films, but I was one of the bits I did like can I get a wee like do a wee fist pump in my head at I was like, Yes, when then Yeah. Yeah, um, like um and I've I cry at films all the time. Disclaimer here, guys. I am, I'm a, I saw a bit films like like it, but I never I never cried in this film. But like, I, what it was to put this film did, and, and only really Band of Brothers has done it before as well. Is I don't know if it's because other war, war films are are really sort of like not glamorized. That's not the right word, but I feel like I feel like that that's not what war was like. Yeah. And so I feel Band of Brothers gives you a better idea, and I feel this gives you a great idea as well. And so I always sort of feel I'm not that patriotic a person, whether it's my Scottishness or my Britishness. Either either way, I'm I'm not overly patriotic, but it I felt more patriotic watching it, and I felt like a pride mm-hmm. and and a gratefulness, which I think because I think probably our generation has a this probably takes what happened for granted. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like a kind of luckiness that we don't have to endure that. Like we're not getting drafted anytime soon. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I don't know. I just I I really enjoyed that sort of side of it. Yeah. Um, 
I think the like the other wee bit that done that for me was and again it maybe was like a you could kind of see it coming a bit, but when like again with the timelines we messed about and you saw the um, uh, one of the the fighters heading for the beach like near the end the the German yeah. planes and but then you knew like Tom Hardy's plane was still kicking about so yeah. Like uh, again, I had a wee bit of, like I was another wee fist bump, or fist pump mm. moment when like his plane showed up to to shoot down that one, and then yeah. again you see it floating about and it's just silent and you know something bad's probably going to happen here. I thought he, I thought he was going to die. Like I was surprised they they like you know let him get captured at the end there. I thought he his um, wheels weren't going to go down and he was going to die. He kind of caught me out with that one a wee bit. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty sad scene, and just on that, like it, I know you you noticed this, and I, I never really noticed it when I was watching. But when we came out then Tuesday night there, myself and my brother, he pointed out that you don't see the Germans in this film, mm-hmm. um, except on that scene at the very end with Tom Hardy. But then you were saying as well, you, you don't really see them. No, they're like kind of blacked you, out, aren't they? You couldn't tell what any of them looked like. It was just that they they come and they come and take. Tom Hardy away and what I really like about that is like although you don't see the Germans in the film at all the threat of them is very very much real all the way through it yeah and you feel that all the way through it and and the action in this film there's no there's no blood or guts or gore or anything but it feels like so intense and like like you, you really do feel the danger that these guys are in all the way through it even though Actually, like, it's mean like it's nothing like Saving Private Ryan, which is which is a fantastic film. You, it's it's amazing how he's been able to Nolan's been able to do that to make you feel how intense and how scary that would have been without yeah. sh- really showing you the effects of what happens after all those all those sort of things happen. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Um, Any negatives? I um, well, it's it's not really negatives as such. It's more, it, I I didn't. I'm the same as you. I didn't really have any negatives about this film. Um, it was a different war film than what I was expecting. But at the same time, I should have expected that that it was a Chris Nolan film, so it wasn't going to be or like a Saving Private Ryan or something along those kind of lines. It was um, obviously going to be a different kind of film. But the things that I felt that other people maybe would dislike more was things like what what I mentioned near the the start um, of this was that with the the timeline part like I went and saw this with my mum and dad and they were like confused by what was going on and like my mum was asking me she was like is this like happening at different points or what's going on here and I had to like quickly try and explain to her that no these are all their own timelines and like they just sort of intertwined with each other yeah so I feel like for a lot of people that could be probably a wee bit off-putting and might throw them off like when they're um, when they're watching a movie and yeah, it might take a wee bit, a wee bit for people's enjoyment of it. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I guess we watch a lot of movies, so we were maybe used to like different styles of directing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy is this is one of Nolan's easier films to. I mean, if you've watched Inception, yeah, or you've watched Interstellar, or <laughs> Memento, which the film starts at the end and finishes at the start, do you know what I mean? 
like this is quite toned down for Nolan. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I, I yeah, I, I get that. I get why people wouldn't enjoy that um, time, especially if you watch two or three movies a year and you no, you don't really if you don't if you're not that keen on movies. I, I get that that would be a negative, but that's, that's quite strange because that's one of the things I love about the film. Yeah. I love the three separate timelines and the fact that they're all they all weave in together and at some point each story is connected with the other story that's going on, not necessarily all at the same time, but the, it's it, at the end they saw all, somehow all come together. Yep. Um, and I think I think you said it as well when we came out and we've because I think you saw it like about half an hour after me and you'd mentioned and you've kind of touched on that earlier, but um, you said it was like kind of like. Uh, each each story was like a an episode of Band of Brothers, and it was like if you yeah. took that out by itself and just watched like their their timeline by itself, that would probably would be like a wee episode of Band of Brothers. And it's again, you maybe start off like in Band of Brothers, be following the story of Winters, but then like I think near the end, it's like you're following the story of like Malarkey, and eventually you see them all come together when they get to the, the Eagle's Nest. So. I think it's like what what you kind of mentioned with that that uh, all the stories like do work together and it's maybe like a wee mini episodes and they all intertwine and come together for like one one big like, event really. Yeah, yeah. Negatives. I, I don't. I can't think of any. I can't. I really can't think of any that negatives in the film at all. Um, it's a very short film, but I think that's a good thing because yeah. not very not very short, but it's. I was surprised that it like how how long it or how short it is even, um, but I think like because it's so intense, I don't know if I could have handled two hours. <laughs> Aye, and I think that's probably why it is as, as short as what it is because it is like quite you are like in it for that full half or hour and a half. You're and for the full time, it is really tense and pressurized. I mean, right from the start, you, there's these four lads walking through this little. The Dunkirk, and then all of a sudden, like just bullets flying at him, <laughs> and right. the the guy's running away, and and it sort of it doesn't stop from there, and just bring this back up because we've not really spoke about it. We said we we're going to like the music, yeah. Um, I mean that's right at the start as well, and one one of the things I love about the music is when when the planes are coming, like when the German planes are coming, and how the music starts to build before they show up. Because mm-hmm. you, you get that sort of anticipation and almost like, like dread for the the people in the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I was I would say I don't know if I was watching or reading. I've have been quite interested in the Dunkirk stuff. It's there's been some quite good interviews in that about the film. How Nolan wanted to do, like he quite likes how music goes up in scale each time, and so he wanted the music in the the movie to go up. A scale, like all the way sort of through it, sort of thing, mm-hmm. without going too far or over the top or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's, huh. the the score's really good. I think I think it really adds a lot to the. I think because there's so little talking in it, it, it kind of. I, I don't really like this phrase when they say like the music's like a character. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but I think that's probably the best way to explain it in terms of how important it is mm-hmm. to the. To the sort of each scene that you're you're watching, yeah, and I, I think one of the things that I loved about the trailer 
and you get it in the film is that like watch that you can hear like ticking away yeah, and, and yeah. it really does just make you feel like again just get you like on edge straight away that something's a countdown to something um, something bad uh, so yeah I, I love the score as well but that's that's like one of the things it's again not for me but I think for some people um, could probably take away from the film is that the score is it's like constant like I don't think there's any point during the whole film where you don't hear some kind of music or something yeah. going and then um, again it was coming out of the film my mum was like she was saying to me uh, I didn't I can't remember what it was exactly but she was saying something like about the fact that the, the music just didn't stop and it was kind of doing up or drowning drowning things out a wee bit for her that it was just maybe a bit overpowering for her to say I didn't mind it but I think again for maybe like your average cinema goer it might cause more or be a bigger issue for, for them hmm I also I also wonder about like my my dad's going to see it tomorrow. Um, who my dad loves war films and anything to do with World War Two in general, but he sometimes doesn't like the more modern stuff because it's done differently from what he would have been watching, mm-hmm. sort of growing up. And and this is a very modern style of movie making. Yeah, and so. Like, I don't know how many movies Jackie watches. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not many. <laughs> so it's an interesting point. Like, even like, is that is there a generational gap in terms of like uh, just how movies are made has an effect on on the enjoyment of it? Yeah, well, I think it is. Maybe one of these things that is kind of hit or miss for people because my dad, like. He he loved it, and he was telling us when we came out. He was telling us that uh, my grandpa he was at Dunkirk. And oh he was, wow! He was saying like the stories that he told him were pretty much spot on with what he saw in the film. Like just about how it was pretty bleak and how everybody just kind of thought that they were going to die, and it was just a kind of countdown to to it happening. Wow. And, um, so yeah, I think it probably just does depend on people's experiences with watching films and. Yeah. experiences of obviously the things that they've heard as well so um, yeah I think it's probably a, a wee bit hit or miss yeah no it's um, <laughs> it was excellent sorry I just get distracted I just noticed that my my laptop's not plugged in but it's alright we've got enough. my battery won't run out it's alright it's alright I was going to say there that uh, this is off topic altogether, but uh, my dad, when we were sitting there, he was telling us, he was like, we were just talking, and he was just saying that a couple of boys in work, he was telling them that he was away to see it. Uh-huh. And uh, they said to him, Oh, sure, we got to see that for you, got to see if you can see yourself. Now they're going to be laugh at that. Hilarious. They sound like, <laughs> they sound like a great laugh, so they do. It was, it was good. <laughs> I laughed, like, fully for a good five minutes with tears down my face. I don't know why Did I found you? it so funny, but I did. That's good. <laughs> um, so we never did this for apes, but I think we maybe wanted to and just too excited and forgot to do it. But yeah. what would be your overall rating of Dunkirk? Yeah, well, as we say, I, I pretty much love this film. With Nolan, for me, it's if he's attached to something, I'm instant, instantly interested in it, and I just like his style um, of movie making. So um, I think up for me, it was always going to be up there as a. I love World War Two stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, overall, uh, I gave it for myself a mark. Are we doing it out of 10? Yeah, out of 10. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a, a 9 out of 10 for Dunkirk. Yourself? I would go just slightly higher. Not quite the full 10, but 9.5 out of, out of 10. Nice. I don't know what. I can't really give tens to films that aren't as good as Dun- <laughs> Dunkirk. Like, for example, like Civil War. Like, yeah. it's not it's not as good a film as Dunkirk, but for whatever reason, it's a ten for me. So it just ticks all the boxes I want ticked mm-hmm. in terms of films. But yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not. I've, we've discussed. I'm not the biggest war uh, movie fan, um, and so I don't know if that's maybe swinging because I just enjoyed it so much and. Just the the way he told the sto- the story, and like he is such a good storyteller, and even this time when he was telling someone else's story, because obviously he's, he's so Nolan's so used to making up his own stories, and mm-hmm. and he, even obviously he's done Batman before, which is a character that he never made up, but he was still able to tell his own interpretation of that story, and he's done it again with with Dunkirk, and um, I just thought it was fantastic, and just to his style of filmmaking in general is just it's it's right up my street, it's fantastic and so just like what you said, if no one's attached, if it's kind of like when we were talking about DiCaprio the other day like we mm. don't need to know what they're doing like I don't need the, t- I don't need the title of the next Nolan film, I don't need to know what it's about, I'm, I'll go see it yeah um, so yeah, 9.5 um, really really enjoyed it I'll probably I'll probably purchase it once it's once it's out. Yeah, same. I think it will be a wee blurry purchase for myself as well. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks very much for for listening. If you have, again, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Instagram. We will have a website soon. I don't know how soon that will be up and running, but um, which will just make it maybe a wee bit easier to link in more episodes. Um, but yeah, let us know if you enjoyed Dunkirk, what you did like about it, what you didn't like about it, um, or if you even want to see it or don't want to see it. Uh, it's at Movie Podders for both Instagram and Twitter. Anything else you want to say to the guys, Ryan? Nope, just if you have listened, thank you very much. And um, please like, share, comment, everything possible. Just spread yeah. the word. Especially if you, whatever, like if you're on if we're on free things just now podcast.com uh, tune in and iTunes whichever one you use please like like it or comment on it because these things will help us um, and we would appreciate that very much yes alright thanks guys thanks for listening and um, we'll see you at the weekend or we'll or you'll hear us at the weekend I don't know uh, for uh, the fourth episode of Movie Potters thanks guys bye bye